Welcome back to the Motors Life Podcast. Today, I have one of our clients, Chris Morris, a great man, and we're going to hear his story today. Uh, this is Mike. Um, I'll be hosting solo with Chris, and we are excited just to hear his story uh, as an influencer in our community, a client here with us for for some time now, specifically with Ashley and Dan, um, and his wife, Kristen, has been coming as well, as long, uh, along with Ryan. Uh, so it's been a family affair and there's been quite an evolution for them, not just physically, but you know the way that this time that they've spent with us has been influential for them as just human beings uh, outside the four walls of here. So Chris, we appreciate you coming on today. No worries. I had a very long commute to get here. <laughs> uh, 400 steps to be exact, right? Yes. 443. Awesome. Who's counting? Well, Ashley's counting. <laughs> <laughs> that is a guarantee. Ashley's counting. Um, so just as we typically do, we we just want to hear your story and then we'll just kind of like lead the conversation from there based on what we're getting into. So great. Start us off. Chris Morris. Chris Morris. <laughs> uh twenty year Millstone resident. Uh, married to my college sweetheart, Kristen. I have two kids, Ryan and Emma. Ryan just graduated. Lehigh University this past Sunday, computer engineering degree. Uh, Emma finished her freshman year Fox School of Business at Temple. I happen to work in town also, so um, I am one building over. So this is a very convenient space to be and to train and to be part of this this team. So happy happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you, um, which is one of the reasons why you're on this podcast because we believe that your story is, you know, it's, it's something that will resonate with many people. And it's inspiring also, because uh, as you get into your story, uh, there's a lot there that will relate to people who maybe aren't even doing anything or prioritizing themselves or doing anything physically for themselves right now. That's really elevated your life uh, in most recent times. So I'm excited to hear that. One thing that you mentioned that I was not aware of was College Sweetheart with Kristen. Yeah, I met, uh, so actually this past weekend was our 23rd wedding anniversary. Wow. And I've been with Kristen 29 years. So I actually have been with her more than not with her. Wow. It is the reason I get up every day, to be honest with you. Okay. And I'm not just saying that because she may hear this in the podcast. It, it is, I'm a lucky man. Let's just put it that way. I love that. I've been married for... Not even five years. So it puts into perspective that just that timeline. And I felt like that year one, but to still feel like that in year 29 is something that I I aspire for. And it's, I know I'm unique, I think, but it's better every year, right? Mm. The stronger we get. And now we're in such a different dynamic with our kids being out, right? And sometimes that's great for relationships and sometimes it isn't. Mm. For us, it's fantastic. You know, two weeks ago, we said we got an invite to go fishing in Florida and kids were away in their prospective colleges. And we were like, okay, packed up, went, and it was a blast. So yeah. you have a lot to look forward to. I'm, to I'm excited. <laughs> we're days away from uh, locking ourselves into an 18-year journey of being able to do that. But yep. uh, I do look forward to it. Again, I want to get to your story, but I'm curious just to lean into a little bit with what you were saying, uh, 29 years with Kristen. And I heard recently, I, I'm not sure where I saw this or heard this, but someone was talking about how your life, if you live long enough, you have multiple different like stories of your life within the greater story of your life. As that pertains to it getting better every year, like how have you seen that evolve for you guys 
I'm sure a lot of it is in, intentionally in your relationship, right? So we got married fairly young, you know, 25, 26, had a honeymoon baby, mm. Ryan, which was the best thing that ever happened to us. So it kind of made us grow up really fast. And it was actually kind of cool being the young dad, like for school and everything. I was always 10 years younger generally than everybody else. And that had its pluses and minuses. But really at the end of the day, and, and people have asked, hey, you know, is there a secret here? And, and, and my answer is always relationship is work, right? It's when the two people work at it, it will work. And when you don't, it won't, right? And I'm not naive the fact that, that everything is roses and unicorns and butterflies. You know, there are some ups and downs, but you learn from the downs and the ups just become better and better, mm. right? So um, like I said, I'm lucky, right? And our core group of four are, are also very lucky and we're very close. And, you know, I think uh, COVID helped that in certain ways. Um, but COVID also jump-started why I came here, mm. right? Because of the habits I created and the lack of doing just about everything and the stress of having a business and so much uncertainty about keeping that business put me in such poor physical shape and mental shape that that was one of the triggers why we wanted to come here to begin with. Mm. And I get to do it with her and I do it with Ryan and her. And we did sucker Emma in for a few times. I'm not going to give up on on that yet, but Neither I still we. think we can get her here. But she's in the best shape out of all of us right now. But uh, I think long term, I think she'll 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 get on board. Sure. Yeah. And and you and I were talking before this outside. Just you know, we're not necessarily for everyone all the time till the end of right. time. Right. There may be certain seasons that you pass through where it it's, makes more sense than others, and. Uh, we're also aware of that, I think, which is what makes us approachable and not just always be making people feel like we're in a position of like, oh, if you don't work with us, right? whatever, like make you feel guilty almost, right? Listen, I didn't get it in the beginning, right? And it, it was Kristen saying, we got to do something, right? Like we were talking before, I have everything at home. I have a full Smith machine. I have a Peloton. I have the treadmill. I have the medicine balls. I got the... I just didn't do it, right? It's just the environment here draws you in, right? Mm. So in the beginning, I kind of did it just because she wanted to do it and I wanted to be there to support it. And, you know, now if I'm here, if I'm not here for two days, I'm like, ah, something's wrong. Like, you know, it just gets you in that you want to be better. You want to come here, grow. I mean, I've seen a lot of good things that have come out of it physically for me. I don't think I'm anywhere near where I want to be, but I'm way way better than I thought I would be at this point. Sure. I think I was 230 something at my heaviest, right? I'm a, I'm 5'7", I'm not a tall guy. And it was scary, right? I lost uh, my father in 2004, my mother four years ago. So those are big triggers for us as a family to want to be better, right? To be healthier, to be always thinking about where we're going to go next, how we're going to get there, you know, and, and your physical and mental health play a huge role in that. And I don't know if I really bought into that until being here, right? And I'm starting to see it, it's a little easier getting up in the morning. I'm a little clearer at work after doing a 6.30 workout. You know, it's been great. That's awesome. It's been great. Still yeah. got work to do, though. We all do. My dad bod is not quite in yet, but it's <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> it's well, on its way. There, there's always 
I think of um, wellness, like the, the the overarching sphere of wellness for everybody's life. It's it's very much a constant thing. Like you focus on a few areas at a time, and then you realize, oh, like I got to go back to focusing on the, right. and you just kind of have you figure out over time how to, I think, balance all of these different aspects of it enough uh, without overreaching into diet and forgetting about fitness or overreaching into fitness and and so on through all of those things. Well, that's so when we were at our, I mean, when I was at my heaviest, I got down to 175, which was very light. I mean, I haven't been that late since I was married. And even then I think I was a little lighter, all diet, right? Not necessarily a sustainable diet either. Um, very low calorie, but it was a good trigger to get me where I needed to be. And I probably gained 10, 15 of that back, which is kind of where I wanted to be. But working out every day now, or at least four times a week, I don't want to eat like I was eating. Mm. Right. And I think that's definitely one of the things that I'm the most proud of. Like I would go eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, didn't think twice about it. Didn't care if I went to the gym or not. Now I kind of take a little step back and say, well, I don't need three pieces of pizza. Maybe I just have one or realistically two. No one can have one piece of pizza. <laughs> At least I can't have one piece of pizza. Me neither. Um, but I think about that now. I didn't think about that at any other time. And no one's telling me, hey, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's just like, you know, I just broke my butt for 70 minutes in the morning. I don't want to ruin it and feel like garbage the next day. So mm-hmm. little things like that just automatically happen. It's not anything you guys are telling me or my family saying, don't, you just, you want to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't want to fall back into that old habit of sure. eating whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like the stacking, like stacking and gaining momentum with the things that are stacking day over day help make what used to be hard decisions easier now. Or normal. Like normal. I don't, I, I'm not going, oh shit, it's just, I just don't do it. Right. Just don't do it. Yeah. I, that resonates with me because I find I can, I can reflect back even recently where I've gone through small seasons and maybe it's over a 10 day window where maybe I didn't stack decisions that I typically was stacking on top of each other. And it got easier to make the decision the other way yep. because you're like, ah, who cares? Haven't been, haven't worked out in five days. What's one What's more one slice more? of pizza? Yep. Or margarita. Or margarita. Or red wine. <laughs> Still a slight vice of mine, but, you know, baby steps. Yeah. Hey, the first step is at least creating that sense of what, why am I doing that? Or should I have another one? Right. And then that's your decision to be had. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned the major life events of your parents. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit more because for, for a lot of us who I think have major life event and, and use that as a time to just kind of have an awakening or, or a realization or whatever you want to call it. And you have a sudden boost of, I got to do something. How did you navigate that time? If you, if you can reflect back through that time in order to say, no, this is it. Like I'm, I'm definitely going this time because you mentioned that your dad and your mom did have some years apart with, they, they did with both of those. Right. So it wasn't like 
um, dad. And then boom, you started going right away. There was some time. There was. So, I mean, my dad was 58. Wow. So, I mean, he was really young. I was really young. Um, I think that event for me wasn't more of a, like a physical. Cause at that point, again, I was 26. I was in great shape. Mm. Um, but what it did at that point was I, things that I used to take for granted or things that it used to bother me, bothered me far less. Mm. I mean, he was the greatest man ever. And, uh, that was kind of the start of just being a better human. Right. And, and knowing what it's like to have a force and in your life and to be gone suddenly. Cause he went very quickly. Wasn't a healthy man at all, but we also didn't expect a 58 for him not to be here. So that was like the first kind of change of, you know, really cherishing your relationships and, you know, building new ones. And, you know, the corny phrase, don't sweat the small stuff is true, right? There's things that used to trigger and bother me. They just didn't anymore, right? Cause it just didn't, it didn't make sense. It didn't like, what am I worried about? Like you can, I can't call my dad after I make a birdie mm. right? who taught me the game, which I love and you can. So this is silly what you're telling me. Like if someone's complaining about something, my mom was a little different, right? So she was, you know, I wouldn't say old, but, but not young. She was in her seventies. She had lung cancer. So we kind of got to see her deteriorate, which was horrible, but that was kind of right around the end of the beginning of like, it was before COVID, but where I started to get, um, heavy and unhealthy, you know, I have a small business and it, we, we grew it from nothing. And, you know, it turned out and turning out to be, you know, this great business that's continuing to grow, but the level of stress that comes with that, cause now I'm not responsible for my, my, my core family. I'm responsible for my employees and their families. And, you know, we're doing this for everyone. It's not, you know, just for me. And there's a lot of stress that comes with that. And my stress went to eating and drinking, right? That's where I would, you know, just try to drown my sorrows with a cheeseburger and, and red wine, right? So that's where the healthy, unhealthy habits started. And then after mom passed, it was kind of like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing it? Like, I have this business that I need to support my family and everyone's family who's part of our, of, of our group. And we got to do something. So that's when we had all the gym equipment, we were doing it, but it was so infrequent, right? For me, I'm a creature at habit. If I'm on a schedule, I do it. If I'm off the schedule for long enough, I stop doing it. So I think Kristen probably knew that I had to not be home. I had to be somewhere. And I, I do think that's kind of why she wanted to do this. I think it was definitely more for me than for her. Um, but it is fun being here, you know, with her every day. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah. One thing that I know is true for many people is, especially in this age of the work environment, is becoming more and more dominated by hybrid or work from home. Mm -hmm. And I know Kristen's worked from home for a long time. Yeah. But a lot of people are now finding themselves working from home more frequently. And as I have conversations with many of them, it's encouraging them to break the construct of their day-to-day -day environment because they're now blurring the line of, this is where I sleep, this is where I eat, yep. this is where I spend time with my family, this is where I work, this is where I exercise. And if it's all going down underneath the same four walls, that leads to a lot of opportunity for things to be blurred and boundaries to not exist. And mm -hmm. 
for what you're describing, what happened with you and specifically with fitness, like I believe that that's a true thing for many people. It's home gyms work for some, but not for all. And if that's true for you, it's understanding that and saying like, okay, that's just the reality of the way my brain operates. I need to find somewhere that I can be successful. And I never went to a gym ever. So I was never part of a program. When I worked in Manhattan, we, we had a part of our company had a big sponsorship with the gym and I would go, but even at that time I was going to play basketball, right? Cause I was already in shape and I can go play basketball with, with a bunch of guys that I met, you know, there. So it wasn't more about, you know, getting fit or getting physical or trying to build muscle mass. It was, I wanted to play basketball. I could have went outside and did that either. So the whole concept of leaving my house where everything is and coming here was very foreign, but I get it. Right. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, pumping the music and you kind of getting into it and, you know, you, you get familiar with the, the, the same group of people that are in the space with you at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, so that's also part of the draw, right. You know, whether, you know, my buddy Anthony's here or not, you know, we, we kind of time when I think we're going to show up. So, I mean, there's just some cool, cool aspects of just not being home. Although Kristen worked from home, she still does. Um, we got our stand up desk. So we're trying to do all these things where she's not stagnant sitting in the, in the chair either. Sure. I couldn't do it. No way. No. Couldn't work. Nope. Not if you paid me. <laughs> no way. I can't, I just can't, you know, I, I don't find it appealing in any way mm-hmm. at all. I'd be in the pool. I'd be walking the dog. I'd be making a sand. Like I can't focus. Like <laughs> I need the fire around me and I need to figure out where to devote my time to put that fire out and go on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. That would not be good for me. I mean, that right there for me sounds like why going somewhere works for you Yeah. because this place, when you, you park your car and you walk in the door, it's, it's the space in your brain. That's like, I am here to do this. And then I leave and then I go to work because that's where I do work. And then I go home Mm -hmm. and that's where I love my wife and my family and we do our home thing. How much has that impacted your routine? Do you think on a day-to-day basis, just having like that added, even though it's a short commute, but there's just that added aspect of, I have to prepare a little bit better than the, the, the day before, because if I want to get there on time, I need to have these things lined up so that I can make it to work on time. Is that an element of it as well? That's been an added benefit that you weren't necessarily aware of? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of cheating. I am a mile away. Right. right? So I don't know if there's a big impact other than on the days we're not here, we always wake up earlier than, than we did. And what I like about that is I can get so much accomplished before nine o'clock. It's insane. Mm. Um, and I feel like I have more time to do anything else I needed to do work personal because my routine starts at five 45 every morning. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get up at five 45 prior to this. If I had to, you know, working a mile away and usually I get in the office by eight, I would get up at seven 30. Right. So I'm getting that in an hour and a half or, or so of time that's now part of a everyday routine, regardless of whether I'm here or not. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting more accomplished just in general, mm-hmm. right? Cause I can get all, a bunch of stuff done. No one's calling, no one's bothering me. And my body's so used to getting up now at that earlier time that I'm definitely more productive. I, love I think that. that would be the biggest advantage. Yeah. You made time. Yeah. You made time for yourself. I was talking to a woman last week and she's a, she's a working mom, work from home. And she, she kept saying in the conversation, 
I'm, I just struggle to save time throughout the day or I struggle to save time throughout the week so that I can do this thing to prioritize myself. So after a little bit, I, I asked her, I was like, can I push back on you on that? And she said, yeah. I said, I disagree. I, I believe that you can make time. And I believe that you make time by planning, preparing, yep. um, like before the day when you feel like you need to save the time. If you're already in the day or if you have every day of the week, you're trying to save time in those days, there's opportunity to prepare before the start of the week so that you can make the time that you need during the week. And what you just said to me is exactly that. Like you made time with your new routine at 545. You now have this, this block of two hours, even if it was just that two hour block that didn't exist right. previously. Yep. You get a lot done. It's amazing. My pool looks great right now because <laughs> that's like if I'm not here, yeah. I'm there in the backyard, I'm doing what I need to do. And normally it's like I'll see it and I'll be like, all right, when I get home, I have to do this, this, and this. Now I get it all done before I even leave the house. Wow. Right. So that, that's been great. Which I'm sure helps throughout the workday because it's even if it was subconsciously in your head, like, oh man, when I go home today, I got to do this, this, and in the yard, it's like done. Right. You can operate the day clear head, like attack work even harder. Yes, sir. That's great. Where, where, like, just in terms of you being a Millstone resident for so long, how have you seen, like, the township evolve over time? Because I know it's been very different over the course of 20 years. Yeah, it has. And I have been a volunteer for a lot of it. I started just coaching, like like most residents would do, whether it's their kid or not, or however they want to do it. I was the uh, president of the Little League for, mm. for many years. And then I went on the rec commission. And then I was the chair of rec for 10 years and currently on the township committee. And I think this is my third year. And I'm running again for the next, uh, for the next term. In that time, what I love about Millstone and always have is the rural nature. And I live on a family horse farm. So my experience really didn't change from that perspective where it changed was the number of people that have come into town, right? The traffic is far worse than, than it has been. Mm -hmm. Um, but the people haven't really changed at all. Mm. Right. I think having a little unique perspective of being kind of on the inside and, and really understanding how the town operates, how it functions, how we want it to function, um, there's a lot of smart people that put a lot of time into, they call it the master plan, which is basically how we, the town is today, how we want the town to be tomorrow. Um, and here are all the things we don't want, right. And put that all together in this comprehensive long-term plan. And I think the previous administrations did a great job keeping it that yeah. way. You know, you can't stop all development. You can't stop the economy and you can't stop the evolution of, of, of people in the next generation coming up. But there's a lot of safeguards in town that will keep it as rural as it can. Sure. Right. So that part hasn't changed. I mean, um, there's only so many people you can put in the town, right? So, I mean, that part has been, and will continue to be at least the, the top priority for, for the residents right now. Yeah. It's awesome. I know it's, I, I come from very busy Bergen County and just hearing you say like that it's gotten busier, that <laughs> there's, right. there's more going on to me. This is still the country. And I know that that's the draw here too, Mike, for, for people outside of here. Right. Because they, they're used to having, you could touch your neighbor's house and they they come here and it's like, it's unbelievable. 
Mm-hmm. Right. We, we actually, we don't tell anyone about Millstone. We're like, <laughs> no, 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 we're, we're closed. Yeah. Um, like, but you could tell on the roads, like, you know, Kristen and I were sitting outside and you hear the traffic, right? You just did not hear anything mm. at all. Right. So that's, that's the development in and around Millstone, you know, the warehousing and stuff that isn't necessarily in Millstone, but close enough to Millstone. And certainly we had our, uh, our, our own few that have popped up, but the volume of people coming in and out of town is probably the, the, the part that I don't like, but you know, it's, I don't see how we would stop that. Sure. I live on one of the two or three major arteries that come in and out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's definitely a priority. I know just from speaking with you and many others that are involved with the town or have been here for years, it's a priority of the town to, to retain that sense of not even being exclusive, but just, we want to keep it as it was as best as we can, um, quiet and rural and, and beautiful and, um, avoid overdeveloping and just becoming this, a new North Jersey <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because well, I, I never want to go back there. And I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. Um, you know, with septic and well, you can't anyway, right. It just wouldn't, it, w- it wouldn't make sense to, to do that. So, you know, it's every day, you know, we got some pretty smart people that work in the town and, and our current administration is, is always trying to make sure we can maintain the, the level that people, people expect. Right. And that'll continue whether I'm there or not. Right. I think that's just, you come to this town if you didn't, live here for as many years as I did. And that's the draw, right? Mm -hmm. You want to come here. And, you know, when I worked in the city, it was, you know, right outside of Times Square, hustle and bustle, trading floor environment. And I come home and my neighbor is a goat, right? So I didn't have to worry about anything. Like I could just sit out, decompress, you know, get my thoughts out, build my plan for the next day. And, you know, it was, it was excellent. Right. And, and I think that's the big draw. To, to a town like this. Yeah, you can do that. I think the majority of the people who live here could have a very similar experience. Do you think that that leads to a community that starts to ha- like embody a mindset of like not wanting to interact with others in the township and not be as involved as you would be in a town as like I grew up in, that's a, a square mile and I could hand bread to my neighbor on either right. side of me. And, um, I just remember like the feeling of growing up in a town like that. And there are some elements of, of it that I never would want, but there are many elements of like that community. Um, do you think that that like this type of environment leads to that being something that people are like, no, I'm trying to hide in my, in my spot and not talk to people. Or is that, or is there still a way that you guys as like part of the heart of the town on the committee are trying to like bring people together and, and form a community basically? Where I live, I don't really have any neighbors around me, right? And when the kids were little, it was really hard, right? Because we couldn't walk anywhere to a friend's house. We couldn't ride bikes because on Prattling Way, you can get run over. Right. So that was challenging, right? But where we had those interactions was recreation and the school. And I think the school and we try to do the best we can even with athletics and Millstone Day and some of the other community uh, events that we try to put on, that's really where the community comes together. And then from there, it's more like, you know, you're setting up your play dates and you're setting up your activities and you form those friendships and the bonds. And I think it's, I look at it the exact opposite way. I look at it as you can have that, but then you can have your own mm-hmm. space too, right? So 
you, you know, you don't have to worry that you're going outside and, and sneezing and yeah. 17 of your neighbors are like, he has COVID, right? Uh-huh. So, but you could, you could be isolated. You could not. I think it's really what you, what you do with it, Sure. you know, to, but you, you, you would have to go a, a step further or, you know, maybe take a little bit of, of, of initiative to kind of engage on that. But I think the school does a really good job at, you know, having enough events to kind of bring the community together. And this is an everyday goal for us too, right? We want to know, we had a group of, of individuals that came to the rec commission, um, still the liaison as a township committee to the rec. And they wanted to, we do a holiday lighting every year. They wanted to make it more. They wanted to bring more activities in, right? So when you have a volunteer that wants to help, we stop everything. We figure out how do we get them more engaged? How do we get this up and running? There's only so much we can do, you know, as, as a team and, we listen to every idea and, you know, we implemented some of that for, for this year and there's plans to do even more for next year. I know right now they're kicking around a, a carnival that that's going to happen, I think in September, end of September. Right. So that also, and it's just another way to bring everybody in town to a single place. Sure. Yeah. It's great. I, I, I don't necessarily hold opinion or position one way or the other. It was just something I'm curious about because I grew up in the total opposite in a town where you didn't want to go outside sometimes because the minute you walked out the front door, your neighbor knew everything about you. (laughs) I used to come home and my neighbors would be in the house, right? Just because, you know, they, you, you can't do anything without everybody knowing what you're doing. So I, I I get that. Yeah. It was a nice change. (laughs) It was a nice change for me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know for, especially for the township's sake, one of our driving missions for starting with this year and in the years going ahead is to become uh, extremely influential in the town, whatever that means. And not just by saying like, oh, we're going to mobilize the town and make everyone do fitness, but more so just positioning ourselves to have a positive social, social influence in any way, shape or form, whatever that means. So, you know, that I guess my former, I'm sharing that because that's kind of where my question is coming from is for us right now in this season, trying to figure out like how we can do that. And in a way that's actually bringing value to the township and not trying to do it in a way where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll sponsor that thing so that our name gets on it so that we can get clients, but genuinely trying to insert ourselves in a way to like give hands to the community. And I think there's a lot of ways we could accomplish that you know, community first and then when motives benefits, which probably would just naturally, you know, it would. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Millstone Day, summer camp, a separate program. I mean, there's a lot of things that we had, um, like a strength and conditioning. That was a program at one point and it was pretty well, you know, um, attended, but it's volunteer based, you know, as soon as the volunteer can't or won't, the program goes away. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely a need or some way that I think we can incorporate the town at every level, right? And not just at the youth level either. Yeah. You know, based on what you said with, you know, people working from home and some of the bad habits that comes with that, just getting out and walking, even if it's a group, you know, of people where I don't want to go do it by myself. You know, I have two feet, I could walk, but you don't. But if you knew three of your neighbors were and, you know, it changes the dynamic and you're like, well, maybe I do want to do that. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's little things like that. I think, you know, any idea to, to promote getting out 
being active, right? A, a body in motion stays in motion, right? I don't know who told me that somebody did, but it makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah. It makes a lot of sense if you think about it. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, you know, I'd be happy to spitball ideas with you guys. Yeah. I know Ash, uh, Lex has been, uh, putting a little birdie in my ear. She wanted to chat about that. So yeah, I w- we would love to, it's something we're thinking about constantly, especially, you know, tie also tying into conversation you and I had before this around us not really being a gym and trying to figure out how to explain what we do. And a lot of that comes from all of the things that we value and and we're able to, to deliver and provide for you outside of just the 70, 60 minutes of exercise. There's so much that we just, that doesn't come from, oh, this is my job. Like I give you exercise that comes from a heart of wanting to like have empathy for people and give and you know, just use our effort and energy and skill set to be able to do that. So, yeah. And look, Kristen worked out in the past. And if it, let's say it was wrong or, you know, you can get hurt very easily. Right. So, I mean, we're, you know, yes, we're male and female and we're the same age, but our workouts are so different. Mm. Right. And they're really meant for her strengths, my strengths, and our growth. Right. I mean, that's the best way I can explain it. And I still say, Jim, right. I tell people, you know, oh, you're working out, you have four or five days in the gym. I'm just so used to using the word gym. Right. But when we start talking about what I do and I show them the app and some of the things and they're like, well, this is like personal training. So then it turns into a a different conversation. Sure. Trust me, I'm going to be thinking about what we talked about outside and in here to to give you my opinion, even though you're not asking for it, I'm going to give it uh, to you anyway. No, I'm asking for it. <laughs> um, on, on how to represent it. Cause I, I, you're right. It's not a gym. And I think even if you say personal training, it's, 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 it's it is, but it's more than that. So right. I, I don't know what's the proper way to articulate that, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll add that to my morning that I'm not working at that block of time <laughs> that I, fi- that I have now. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm going to fill it with, I like that. that in the sauna. Absolutely. So it'll get the brain going. Yeah. We started this conversation with many other businesses that are in active life with us. Whenever we have this conversation with them specifically, this theme, this thing always gets brought up about, you know, you're in conversation. I'm like, don't think about the pink elephant. And then I go on to talk and all you can think about is the pink elephant. Right. So specifically with the vocabulary of gym and personal trainer, the minute we drop that, you already have these, your brain is already get, starting to get flooded with experiences from the past, preconceived notions, these images of what you think a gym is or what you think personal training is. Uh, and it doesn't even give us an opportunity to say how much more it is or, you know, the value beyond just the exercise per se. I think you got a lot of people here that know what they have and are saying it and and, and selling it the right way to the, to the right people. But it would be good if we got on the same page, (laughs) you know, the same things. Yeah. Because I don't want Ashley to yell at us like she's been doing. Wow. I said Jim the other day. I thought she was going to throw a kettlebell at me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to have to yell at her. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. No, it's great. I, I think it's a it's definitely a constructive conversation, and I, I want your opinion. Yeah. I value your opinion. You'll get it. Awesome. <laughs> Last thing here, I know I know we've been going for some time. I, I Selfishly, as a business owner, I'm curious – just to hear a little bit from you specifically in that lane and and the growth that you've had over over the years of, of owning the company. You mentioned earlier that it started as a small business. And it's every time I talk to you, it sounds like it's it grows by the day. And you know, with that growth over time, I, I 
have been in this season of thinking back to, because we just hit our 10 year anniversary. It's like, what do I wish I could have told myself 10 years ago? And, and, you know, I'm curious just to hear from you, what you've learned over time, kind of in that same lane with your, with your growth. Yeah. So I, I, I worked at, for Bank of America, I was, um, one of four that was dictating technology standards for the bank for construction uh, fit out. So new space. Took that expertise and met uh, through that process, you know, some great people. Some people where you meet them and you just automatically connect and you're like, you know what? I can work with them. We all happen to be at the same golf course, right? So it was a friendship and then became a professional relationship and decided we were going to create a new company, right? And that company would basically take what I was managing for the bank and their portfolio and, and do it in New York and in New Jersey, right? Because that's the market we knew. That's the relationships I had. Created Unitel Group. Our goal was to do a million dollars in the first year. We hired four employees, you know, our core four that are with us today still. Wow. And um, I think we ended up doing $3.2 million in the first year, which was a lot of luck, right? There was a lot of kind of stars that aligned there, but that was the catalyst because the capital that, that we made in that year being so small and having such a small operating budget, we basically funded ourselves for the next year. So, you know, my goal has always been the dollars we're making, we're reinvesting in the company. Mm -hmm. And most of that is reinvesting in people, mm. right? So when I look at our growth strategy and how we want to grow and how we're going to get there, I'm always looking to f to find and hire people that are better than me in every aspect of what we need to do. So we just grew from, you know, three million to five to seven to ten to eighteen to over twenty million now. Wow. And we we started doing just low voltage cabling, and now we do security, so access control and video. Uh, we're now licensed electricians in in New Jersey, and we do design. So we do the technology drawings that would coincide with the architectural drawings for a much larger construction project. And on top of that now, we're doing a lot of national work. So we have over 15 to, to 24, I would say, national customers that we're doing, right? And all of this growth was just, you know, hiring really good people who believe in what we are, want to be part of the story of how we're going to get to the next level. I'm 47, you know, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. We have some pretty lofty goals uh, ahead of us. We're, we're probably between 60 and 75 employees right now, and we want to double, right? And we're not going to do that overnight, but we have about a three-year plan that I think can get us where we, where we need to get to. Wow. So, you know, it's not easy, right? And like I said very early on about a, a relationship is work, right? If you're passionate about something and you do whatever you can to, to feed that passion, it'll happen. Right. It may not happen when you want it to happen. It may not happen exactly how you thought it was going to happen. But if you have the drive and you surround yourself with the right people who believe in what you're doing and and establish goals from the beginning and establish how we're going to achieve those goals, then I can't see how anything can be possible. Right. I don't have a crystal ball. Right. But um, when you get a total buy in from your team that this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to do it and we're going to attack it starting with X and we're going to end it, it, it'd be really hard to fail, mm. right? So whether that's true or not, that's kind of how we attack every day. Right. Um, you know, and I know that, I, that, that everyone that works for us, you know, has the same mindset. And when they don't, we get into a room, we figure out why, right? And um, most of the time, you know, we leave there 
back on track and, and plugging forward. That's awesome. I hope uh, it continues this way. We've had a great run, great success, and uh, I don't see it stopping, to be honest with you. I love I it. I hope not. Anyway. it's a, it, a couple of things stand out. One is that you still have your core four. It yep. speaks volumes to the vision from the beginning, the values that you hold, and the integrity that you've had for them to, for you guys as the core four to still be intact. Yep. When it, when it has gotten off track and when it does get off track in the future, because it's inevitable, how do you navigate that time when you do go in a room and close the doors? Is it revisiting like, hey, here are our values. Like, let's audit all of the things that led to this dysfunction through our values. Like, what does that look like for you guys? So it will we'll always go back to, you know, so most of our work is project driven, right? So we do have some really nice accounts, but you know, it's a project. So it's going to start and it's going to end and then we're done, right? So the project creation and starts with an estimate and the estimate starts with uh, the build out and then the closeout, right? Just to kind of summarize it very vaguely. We'll go back to the original estimate and we'll look at, you know, here's what we said we could do and, and what we can do it for. And then here's what we did, right? And then we'll find out where the gap was of what we did right, what we did wrong. And then we'll go to the employer, the team that was responsible for that. And then we'll look at what they did. And then we'll try to pinpoint from there, what can we do better? Because mm. at that point, it's over with, right? We can only not make the same mistake or, you know, if it is the same mistake over and over, obviously that becomes a, a much harder conversation. But, you know, one of the major successes that we've had lately is is tools, right? So we, we've invested in a lot of new software that could put us in a, 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 a tracking position to get ahead of where that gotcha would be. So yeah. instead of getting in at the end of the project and looking at the financials and figuring out what the heck happened, we're doing that throughout each phase of the project, right? So that's been, been, been very helpful. I mean, we're construction, right? So, I mean, anything can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. And our trades are the, almost the last trades that even get in and work. So we're, we're kind of always playing catch up, um, but it's, uh, it's not easy. No, it's not easy, but you know, we're a little realistic on, you know, not everything's going to be perfect. And, you know, some of my competitors, you know, they'll, they'll ride their teams pretty hard. Right. And when they don't succeed, maybe they find new people. Right. And that's, that's, that's not what we want to do. Right. We want to keep, we want to be big enough to reach all our goals and to our employees to share in the benefit of that. But we also want to be small enough where we can kind of control and still anybody can walk in anybody's door and ask a question and, and not feel weird about it or in, intimidated. Yeah. You know, we just try to find the root of the, the problem and break it down from that point. That's awesome. If we can, right. There's sometimes you just can't, right. I imagine there's been certain kind of like inflection points of growth for you where you can think back and you're like, all right, when it was just five of us, so easy in retrospect, so easy at that time to find the root of the problem. And then when, yeah. then when you get to 20 and then when you get to 40 and 60 and, and uh, as you continue onwards uh, to doubling, you know, that's, I, for me as a, as also as an entrepreneur, like th that future anticipation of like, it, it kind of wakes me up in the morning to know like, how the hell am I going to, how are we going to navigate this? I'm, I'm excited for that. Well, this is where you have to have the right team behind you. Right. right. So I have people that I trust, 
right? That I was always, you know, the head of sales or I was always the, the, the head of operations. And, you know, I've brought people in to run those teams for me, but it's really that person, right? That person, I'm giving up control mm. and I have to trust that that person is going to take what we've already agreed upon and do it. And then also tell me exactly what's going on. Right. That's the other thing. I'm not sure I'm told exactly what's going on in every situation. I know how to find that information if I need to, but it does come down to the people that you, you bring into your team. Yeah. Right. And to, to make sure that again, as long as there's a, a goal and, and a roadmap to achieve that goal and everybody's adopted, like complete adoption, so important. If not, everybody's on the same page, there's going to be a breakdown. Mm. Right. So, you know, it's people, right. Invest in people. Yeah. I love that. Because so my- listen, somebody invested in me, right? I, I didn't get what I have because I'm the hardest worker or the smartest guy. That that's that's not true. I, I had people who believed in me. I clearly have a family unit that uh, when I said I wanted to leave my job of 15 years of a very prominent bank with a very commanding salary because I was professionally unfulfilled, didn't even blink. Didn't wow. even blink. Was like we we believe in you. I mean, that's powerful, right? That's enough for anybody to say. Now, I have these people who believe in me, and now I got to make sure that this happens. Yep. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it's been great. Uh, Knock on some wood somewhere. I oh, man, I, I knew this was going to be a great podcast. I appreciate everything that you've shared. Is there anything else you want to cover or, or mention? Um, we had to work on music around here because between Dan and Ashley, there's a big clash of types of music. Even you, I know you're like heavy rock, right? Ashley likes the vibe and Dan's music is all over the place. Sometimes I love it. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but I'm going to have to talk to both of them in the morning. Hey, we got to pick a vibe for like the day. All right. So So you know what you're walking into. Yeah. So at least you know, know, all right, Tuesday I can expect whatever. Yeah. Reggae. I love reggae. (laughs) And then sometimes, to be honest with you, there's some, I forget what song was on, like, uh, is it More Than a Woman, right? And then one of them's looking at me, like, why are you looking at me on that? <laughs> I, I do tend to dance a little when I'm, like, after a set and I'm sitting there. It's not uncommon for me to have a private, small, very small little dance party. Sorry, Kristen, I to listen to this. I, I think it's necessary, especially for somebody who didn't like the gym or no? go to a gym in the no. past. So if you're dancing... You're in the right place. You're happy. You love what you're doing. Feeling good. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Uh, If this podcast uh, resonates with you or you know somebody who shares a similar story to Chris, please share it with them. Uh, Drop us a review and five stars and look forward to, to having another one soon.